Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Thursday, February 15th. The third Thursday of the month at this time, we get your medical questions answered with the caveat that any medical opinions and advice expressed over the next half hour or so are meant for informational purposes only and advisory purposes only. For your own particular medical situation, please consult your family doctor or primary care physician before taking any course of action. With that, we welcome once again Dr. Alf Hurlwimmer, the retired allergist from the Holland area. He's on the other end of our phone line this morning. Ali, good morning. Hope all is good, well. Good morning, Gary, and listening audience. And uh, we're back in the winter time. And as we discussed uh, la- uh, last month, uh, and you brought it up appropriately. The seasonal affective disorder, or SAD for short, and uh, uh, one of your spot advertisements was about uh, uh, depression. This is a mild form of depression, thank goodness, where with uh, gloomy weather or or uh, uh, you know snowy weather and so on. It, it just doesn't look positive uh, on the outside of nature there. But um, we can do things about that seasonal affective disorder. There are therapies for it, including blue light and, and so on. But Mother Nature's uh, best uh, treatment is... We need sunshine, and everyone has noticed when the sun is shining like yesterday, the mood changes amongst people. Uh, They're happier. They're laughing or smiling, Um, and we need sunshine. Sunshine is the Mother Nature's ingredient and God's ingredient for for uh, happier things. All right. If you've got a question for Dr. Alf Hurlwimmer, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Let's get your opinion on some of the uh, medical stories that are up sure. on our board today. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta is reportedly going to further loosen COVID-19 guidelines in April, according to the Washington Post. Recommendations yes. for five-day isolation are expected to be scrapped, leaving in place guidelines that are similar to the flu and RSV. People will be urged to base their time in isolation on symptom severity and the amount of time without a fever. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. We need to start using common sense again at uh uh, fighting these viruses and so on. And we also need, never forget, we need uh, vaccinations for the major, major uh, viruses or bacteria even. Um, and 
uh, we cannot let up on vaccination, especially of our young people and uh, my senior citizen group, um, both ends of the spectrum of life need immune boosters, and vaccines are the best vaccine boosters besides good nutrition. Uh, and more and more evidence is accumulating that uh, um, good vegetables, uh, good uh, uh, supplemental vitamin, um, especially when there's not enough sunshine or sun or exposure to sunlight, uh, vitamin D3, D is in Delta, vitamin D3 is one of the best vitamins for us. And uh, more and more is coming out about, again, nutrition and uh, vitamin supplementation and so on. Mm-hmm. So but, we're going back to some of the basics again. <laughs> indeed. Let me ask you this before I go into my next story. And you just, you know, I, I, I was thinking about some of the things that um, are coming up now. And I, I don't want to make a, I don't want to make a, um, pitch for this because frankly, I, 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 I have my questions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what used to be known as neti pots. Now it's oh, no, yeah. yes. as an ear, you know, as a, as someone, you know, analogist and you, you know, that this is, this right. is somewhat up your alley in this regard. You're not an ear, nose and throat specialist. Let's keep that in mind, but we'll, we'll put that uh, qualifier in, by the way, thanks to Dan taking care of uh, the shoveling here. Uh, we will have a CBS News brief coming up in a few moments. Okay. Okay, but let's get back to this Navaj thing. And one of the things that they're claiming now is the fact that it cleans your nostrils. It, it gets all the gunk out of it, uh, uh, mm-hmm. so that you 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 don't have the you know the sniffles, the colds, the flus, and stuff like that. I don't know whether or not that really is you know is all that or not, you know, right. I mean, I've tried the neti pots and frankly, that didn't do much for me. Uh, no, I don't know whether or not this stuff is, you know, is it just simply another sales pitch? I, to me, it sounds like it. Well, uh, the, the neti pot, uh, came about, uh, quite a few years back. And one of the things we found that it helps, uh, prevent, somewhat more sinus uh, problems, uh, including sinus infections. Now, the caveat is you have to use distilled water because the distilled water is free of the bacteria and of the viruses and so on. Uh, That's the caveat. You have to use distilled water. And we came to find this out uh, more recently than the neti pot with these sleep apnea machines, right? Mm-hmm. People were using tap water. People were using all other sources of water, well water, for example, and so on. And lo and behold, we started seeing an increase in uh, infections from the use of the sleep apnea machines. And so the same caveat has to be uh, with distilled water for a neti pot. If you're going to use a neti pot, use distilled water. 
And yes, it does rinse out uh, the nasal passages and to some extent the sinuses too. And that does help uh, uh, clean out those areas where bacteria or viruses would love to grow. So it, it, it has benefit, but it's not the A and O of uh, treatment. <laughs> All right. 616-395-1450. We have a question for Dr. Ulf Herwimmer, 616-395-1450. Um, measles. Oh, yes. We yes. Some doctors are on alert um, in yes. California. Two cases in less than two months, one in San Diego, one in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, compare that to four of all of last year in the Republic of California. The most recent <laughs> jump was in 2019 when 72 people got sick. The spread yeah. stopped during the COVID-19 outbreak but is on the rise again. Health officials yeah. say more unvaccinated people are traveling and potentially bringing the highly contagious disease back from other countries. Symptoms include a fever, cough, pink eye, mm-hmm. and a rash. And and uh, I might add, uh, uh, many years uh, on, on the radio station, uh, that was one of the first questions, you know, about measles. Uh, do you think measles is coming back? And it, it, it was at that time, too, because um, people, I mean, children especially, were not getting vaccinated um, uh, as vigorously as as they should be or as they are now. Um, the measles is a dangerous virus in many senses. It, it can affect, uh, wor- the worst scenario is it can affect the brain, causing inflammation of the brain called encephalitis. And there was a caller uh, quite a few years back whose brother came down with the measles right here in Holland and died from the encephalitis side effect of the measles virus. And when I heard that story, uh, since then, I, I say, please get the children at least vaccinated. Most of us adults, especially at my age, have had the regular measles and the German measles. And... Um, uh, we're supposedly still immune, but as we don't get uh, the children vaccinated as much as we should or could, uh, again, the measles virus is going to uh, gain strength. Uh, it's going to get more uh, infective again. And I've seen, I've seen a bad case of measles in one of my patients years ago, a pediatric patient. And uh, I don't wish measles on anybody. I really don't. High fevers, um, and uh, by high fevers, I, I mean in the range of 104, 105, shaking chills, yes, the rash especially in the uh, mouth um, and, uh, uh, well, external skin, I mean, and also in the mouth there's spots that develop from that virus, and I I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see it. 
If you got a question for Dr. Alf Hurlwimmer, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. I'm going to be honest with him. Like the listeners are well aware, I like cats. I'm a, I'm a person that likes to pet a kitty. And, you know, they're nice, they're fluffy, you know, they purr, you know, and all that. <laughs> However, beware, because yeah. I have two cat stories about people who got sick. From cats. Oh, yes. First of all, uh, in Oregon, a person there diagnosed with bubonic plague was likely infected by the pet cat. It's the first mm -hmm. confirmed case in Oregon of the plague since 2015. The CDC mm -hmm. says antibiotics are the first line of treatment for the illness and that the resident's close contacts, as well as the kitty, have been provided medication. So watch out. Kitty might give you Watch a plague. Out. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, animal tra um, transmission by animals. Uh, you look at uh, rabies. I mean, rabies comes uh, from animal species and can infect us, and it's a horrible, mm. horrible disease. And around the world, uh, every uh, every few years, there's actually a breakout. Uh, the last breakout that I've heard where it was uh, very, uh, very infective was in the port of San Francisco many years ago. The bubonic plague actually uh, came about uh, because, guess what? The rats are there. Hey at the ports, <laughs> and it's the fleas on the rat, <laughs> yeah. on the rats. Okay. And summertime, uh, naturally, uh, is uh, when the rats are about uh, the piers and so on, you know, uh, and, and in New York, uh, we, we saw at, uh, uh, at Battery Park, uh, oh, early, early evening with the sun setting. All of a sudden, in the distance, you could see packs of rats. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, be and careful. One, one of the relatives said to me, oh, look at those squirrels. And I said, no, they're not squirrels. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> squirrels are just oversized <laughs> rodents anyway. The other cat story, and I do want to mention this, an elderly man who lived on a remote peninsula in Alaska has become the first known patient to die from Alaska pox. The virus oh was discovered goodness. nine virus, years ago yeah. by scientists in Fairbanks. It's thought to have been spread from roads to humans, but authorities in Alaska believe that the victim contracted the disease after being scratched by a stray cat. Man I was immuno I believe it. The man was mm -hmm. immunocompromised and was mm -hmm. being treated for cancer. Alaska yep. pox, also known as AKPV, is in the same family as smallpox, cowpox, mm -hmm. and monkeypox. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I was in training at Bethesda Naval Hospital, um, cat scratch fever was going on. Uh, and again, that's, uh, that's a different virus, I agree. But uh, from being clawed by a cat, yes. Some of the kids or adults even came down with what we call cat scratch fever. 
The other thing that cats carry is something called toxoplasmosis. It's a parasite. And therefore, when a lady of the house is pregnant, she should not clean out the litter box or anything like that because the toxoplasmosis parasite loves the intestinal tract of the cat. (laughs) And guess where it goes? Mm. It goes into the litter box. And uh, toxoplasmosis can cause congenital, congenital, malformation in the fetus. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Got to watch it, especially when you... Got to watch it. Especially for the ladies who are carrying our next generation. Exactly. Oli, this is not really in your bailiwick as uh, an allergist, but uh, you are aware of many medical things. And one of the things that uh, has come up is that the Food and Drug Administration has approved the first-ever medication to treat frostbite. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, let, me get, let, let me see if I can see <laughs> read, the, read the thing. Aurolumnin, A-U-R-L-U-M-Y-N, is an injection used in adults who have suffered severe frostbite to help reduce the risk of toe or finger amputation. Trial of the treatment found that patients who received this medication alone saw a lower risk of amputation compared to patients who received other treatments. So the agency note the most common side effects of the medication include headache, heart palpitations, nausea, dizziness, and hypotension. Right. It, it, it's based on the old-fashioned drug called calcium channel blockers, which we use for treating some heart arrhythmias, and we also treat for uh, peripheral vascular disease, as we call it, where the blood vessels go into spasms and do not provide enough uh, oxygen to the body parts, uh, especially the toes, the fingers, etc. And this is sort of the... uh, uh, great-grandson of the uh, uh, the calcium channel blockers. <laughs> mm. So something new, yes, but the same mechanism of action. It tries to open up these little arterioles, as we call them, to provide back the oxygen and nutrition to the tissue that has been frozen yeah. or was frozen. And it, it, it's hopeful. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful new addition, uh, especially with, uh, as I'm getting older, you know, the, the small arteries, the small arterioles, as I call them, capillaries, uh, another name, um, they, they get lazy and, and they, they don't want to work as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they, they don't old. want to open up. It's just, just getting old, you know. It's just a matter of you know. Yeah, the, yeah it's part of aging, yeah. and uh, uh, more and more peripheral vascular disease is being diagnosed as a result of the aging of our population. And but if we can have uh, a medication that can help us open up some of this peripheral, uh, this outside circulation, and prevent frostbite, yes.
Yeah. One final thing I'll bring up. Uh, this was from earlier this month, but I, I, there's new research out of Oregon Health and Science University. Looked at how people received their COVID-19 vaccinations. And they conclude that switching up arms for multi-dose vaccines could improve immune response by up to four times. Yes. And researchers say that this finding could also have implications for other types of vaccines as well. But yes. no clear answer yet as to why switching arms oh, oh, improves uh, results. One, uh-huh. one of my explanations, because I, I do immunology also, Uh, Mm -hmm. the study of the immune system, which is so fascinating. Every day there's something new about our immune systems. Um, Underneath our skin, everywhere in the body, are cells that take up a foreign substance, uh, you know, like a vaccine, for example. And those cells, okay will introduce that foreign substance to the master computer cells in our body called T-cells, thymus-derived cells that are the main computers for the entire immune system. Now, the T-cells are a little bit further down uh, inside our body bodies, okay, and it takes about uh, two days for the T-cell to make up its mind. Is this a foreign agent that I want, or should I seek out and destroy it as quickly as possible? I mean, and that's why when an infection gets started, especially in our bloodstreams, sepsis it's called, okay, the T-cells don't react fast enough. They say, oh, maybe it's not a really a bad one. Uh, I, 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 won't, I won't orchestrate fighting it off. <laughs> mm. I mean, it, it, it sits there and debates a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, but those cells that introduce the T-cells to any substance coming under the skin anywhere in our body mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I think varying the location of our vaccines I think will be a tremendous uh, a tremendous thing I really do I, I like that idea I'm gonna have to stop because we're almost out of time yeah yeah appreciate it we'll talk to you next month sir thank you oh definitely thank you so much thank you very much dr Furwomer on 99 7 1450 whtc